just at a restaurant. I suggested, take your wife to Earl's. It's really good. So they went there for lunch on Tuesday. And then Tuesday night after church, Pastor Salazar said, my wife and I want to take you and Miss McKay to Earl's. I'm thinking, okay. And 99.9% um, and .9 of the time, Metro Baptist Church pays for our guests' meals. But he was going to have nothing of it. So I just yielded to the older preacher. And he, but, I, you know, he was a smart and, you know, savvy preacher because he took me um, after I had eaten, like, a huge plate of meatballs and rice um, at, the, at the meal before. So I couldn't even eat. So it didn't cost him much money. But um, so we sat down. I thought, I thought it was going to be for some, you know, just some light fellowship. You know, it's 9 o'clock at night. And he looks across the table at me and he says, Brother Mackay, that building that you want is too small. That building you want is too small. You move into that building and in one year, you're going to have the same problem that you have right now. You need a bigger building. He said, I've traveled the world. And he has traveled the world. Um, he pastors a church of... Um, you know, 800, 900,000, a large church in a major city. And he said, I've been all over the world. And I, he said, I've never, I've never seen an international church like Metro Baptist Church. And he said, you, you know, your church, um, and I believe he didn't, if he knew Pastor Turner, I believe he'd say an Anchor Baptist Church have the opportunity to reach the world. When he found out that Burnaby was 50% Chinese, he said, you need to have a, you need to have a Chinese class. <laughs> There's so many Chinese people to reach. And, you know, that's, that's one of the dreams in my heart is to have a Chinese class. Anchor already has um, a, a Persian class on Sunday afternoons. Um, you know, I think Brother Rob Bell would love... It would be, it would be long-winded, I'm sure, if Brother Robel was, but he'd love to have an Ethiopian class. And, you know, um, maybe a Tagalog class. And um, Pastor Turner has a, a, a good man that's preaching tonight for him at Anchor. Brother Kim, he, he preaches in Korean. He's going to try to preach in English today. We're not sure exactly what's going to come out, but was it going to come out English or Korean? Um, we're not sure. Um, but God has positioned us in an amazing place at an amazing time with amazing opportunities. And, um, you know, if we had 10 ethnic classes, uh, we would need, we would need, we would need, 10 rooms. And then you have children, and you got all sorts of different aged children. Then you need 10 classrooms for children. And then you'd need, um, you got two churches using the same building. Then you need two auditoriums. And so I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that God has something bigger for Metro Baptist Church. I'm not sure what it is. Um, and pray for Pastor Turner. Um, they had a revival last week and a, a, a prophecy conference, and he had, he had to go to church for f four or five days in a row, and and he was really wiped out yesterday. Um, 
And um, so, so I haven't even got to talk about these things with Pastor Turner, uh, but I'm looking forward this week, um, you know, talking about some of these things with him. So, so that, that, that was Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, my wife and I got on an early ferry and went over to the Vancouver Island and Pastor, Pastor, um, um, Pastor, is your name Pastor Tyler? Pastor Tyler and Miss Andrea um, took um, Brother Salazar and Miss Salazar to um, the airport. I asked, I asked Tyler to ask him about starting a seminary. God's put in Pastor Tyler's heart to start a seminary one day. And, and Pastor Salazar has, they have a Bible college at their church to train Spanish people for the Lord and and Pastor Salazar's advice to Tyler was, um, you've got to be a model church so that you can repro- reproduce what you're modeling. And, um, and so um, as we become more effective at reaching people and discipling people and helping people, um, then we can model to others how to effectively do that. We have a lot to learn. Um, we have a lot of... Um, so much to learn. Um, and so, but that, that, that was very insightful. And it goes along with this bigger picture, with this bigger picture, the bigger picture that, that God has. And probably tonight in tonight's message, um, remember a few years ago, we had the praying for greater works. Um, we're going to go back to that sheet tonight and, and, and look at Look at the things that God has done since we were on the parking lot behind, behind, the, behind the church. It, it's truly amazing what God has done. And um, maybe we'll write a few bigger works down on that, on that page. Um, I'm sitting up here thinking, we need to hire somebody. Hire somebody. We can't afford to pay the people we have. No, but I think we need to hire somebody. You say, who do you want to hire? None of your business. It's in my brain. Um, but um, I'll, let, I'll, let it, I'll probably let it out sooner than I should. But um, I, anyways. So, so on, then on Wednesday, on Wednesday we're, on our way to, we're on our way to um, see the Bellavos. And I think I'm eating lunch with the Bellavos. Where's Miss Emily? Miss Emily's in Sunday school. She texts me, Pastor. She texts me and says, um, Knox Presbyterian sold yesterday for five point one million. It's off the market, and I and, and I, I texted her back. Pastor Salazar thinks we need a bigger building. building. Hallelujah! It sold. So, so I'm kind of, um, you know, we're, we were just about ready to send out a letter trying to raise funds um, for that building, but obviously we need a different letter. Um, Brother Josh, we might need another video. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. So, oh. Pray for him. The devil tells him all the time he can't do it, okay? So pray for him. He needs, he needs God's help. Um, we all need God's help, but he needs, he needs prayers too. And pray I don't kill him, okay? Um, that's two things to pray for Josh. Pray for the Lord's help and pray that pastor doesn't kill him. So, um, 
You say, you want to kill Josh? Just ask Brother Provito. He's one, he's, he, he struggles with those same emotions through, through life. So uh, I'm, just, I'm just teasing, kind of. Um, amen. Well, this morning, um, I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. And if you are, if you've been a Baptist for, for, if you've been Baptist for a while, what do you think the pastor's going to preach on this morning? Pastor, Brother Tao, what do you think I'm going to preach on? Tell me. On, on giving? But more specifically? Tithing, that's right. You say, you say, we already know the sermon. Let's just go home, okay? <laughs> so, um, but I'm losing my, oops, just a second here. What happened? Okay. Well, Malachi 3 and verse 8. I'll probably preach this week and next week on tithing. So if you don't like this morning's message, don't come back next week because it's probably going to be the end of this message. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. The audience of this chapter is the nation of Israel. Keep that in mind. Verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, <coughs> saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Lord, Metro Baptist Church is your church. And we lift our hands up to you, the possessor of heaven and earth, to meet all of our needs. You have been so faithful. You have done exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And Lord, it's evident that you want to do more. You want to do more. And wouldn't it be a, an amazing testimony? These, these Baptist churches huddled up in a little office. If you could use us to do greater and mightier things for your glory and honor. Your word says you've chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. And the weak things to confound the mighty. And so Father... We lift up your, our hands to you. Help us to understand your economy. In Jesus' name, amen.
So this, this Thursday night, we'll go over the church financials and next year's budget. It's our annual church business meeting. I invite anyone that's here today to come. If you're listening online and don't usually come to Metro Baptist Church, please don't come. Um, but anybody that normally comes, you're welcome to come um, this Thursday night. So, um, but it's amazing. You look around this little room, and last year, $460,000 was given through Metro Baptist Church. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Boy, that's amazing. And our estimated offering need for this year is $520,000. Wow. If I look at that at the wrong side, with the wrong side of my faith brain, oh, it scares me to death. But if you look at it with the right side of your faith brain, we should not be intimidated by that. I believe the vision before us, probably in a few years, we'll need a million dollars a year. Who knows how much we'll need? Um, the Bible Project, um, for instance, has a ministry to, to make animated videos to explain the Bible. And a lot of them are very good. Pastor T Tyler with his, um, um, what do you call that? Knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Um, with his good knowledge of the Bible, has, has, has discovered some things that don't really line up with what we believe as a, as a Baptist church, but a lot of them are very good. And they've impacted the world. And there's like 50 people that work for the Bible Project making videos. The John 3.16 story has Brother Josh. He's making our videos. And you know, our, our job to reach the world with the gospel is just beginning. So if John 3.16 story one day has 50 employees making 75,000, 100,000 a year, that's a lot of money. You say, do you think we'll ever have 50 employees for... Who knows what God has? Is everyone saved in the world? Are we doing the very best we could do? We're doing the very best we can with what we have. But could we do more? We could. So just think how much that ministry could cost. It could cost exponentially more money. Just think. If we had, if we had a Chinese class that had 100 people in it or 200 people in it, you think we might need a full-time pastor for the Chinese class? Oh, that, that, that'll cost some money, won't it? Should we put an ad out in the paper? If you're Chinese and, um, and can live in a tent and live on $35,000 a year, will you come be the Chinese pastor? No, if we want a good Chinese pastor, we're going to have to take care of him in the most expensive city in Canada. So that's going to cost money. You see how, do you see how it could exponentially grow what the church needs? And you say, Pastor, I don't make that much money. Well, that's the wonderful thing about tithing. We all have an equal share in the vision of what God has for Metro Baptist Church. 
we all have an equal share. Um, I, wa I want to see where, I want to show you, so where, where did the $460,000 come from last year? Where did it come from? Turn to, turn to 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29. Pray for Ming Wei as he tries to translate into Chinese. I gave him my notes, and I haven't said anything in my notes yet. So, <clears throat> but we're gonna get, we might get to the note. Um, 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 10. Where does the money come from? Now, if you're in the if you're in the do well financial course, we're gonna we're gonna meet tonight. Make sure week three and four homework is done. Uh, but one of our memory one of our focus verses in do well is found in this passage of scripture. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, "Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever." And ever, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted head above all, both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Wow. Both riches and honor come of thee. Verse 14, but who am I and what is my people that we, I, I could read this, who is Russell Mackay? And what is Metro Baptist Church? That we should be able to tithe $460,000 so willingly after this sort. For all things come of thee, and of thine own hand have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as were all our fathers, our days on earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. Folks, only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. Whether you live in a tent or whether you live in a $5 million home in Vancouver or a $20 million mansion, the Bible says your life is but a shadow. There is none abiding. And only what you do for Jesus will last. Verse 16, O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand and is all thine own. You see, David had worked with his people to collect an offering so that his son Solomon could build a temple for the glory of God. And when he, when he surveyed all that the people gave, he said, it all came from you, and it is all thine own. So the question, 
Where has and where will this money come from? This money comes from God through the hands and bank accounts of obedient people of God. That's where it comes from. That's how God does his work. And what is his work? What is his work? Folks, it's not about money. It's about eternal things. What is eternal? The word of God is eternal. So the teaching and preaching and propagating of the word of God will last forever. Does a seminary fit into that eternal plan? It fits into that eternal plan. It will last forever. What else lasts forever? Your soul will last forever. It will live forever in heaven or it will live forever in hell. What is it that makes the difference? The cross of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the only hope for your soul. And so, if our desire is for money, for our glory, that's a wicked desire. If, if, if it's our desire to build buildings to look at, that is not something that would please God. But if our desire is to invest so that we can effectively reach souls and reach multitudes, that's an investment that God will be pleased with. Because every soul that is saved will last forever. Every soul that is saved will last forever. And so to proclaim that gospel more effectively online, that is something that will last forever. Providing classes so that we can, so that we can give the gospel in people's mother tongue so that they can hear with their heart that the Lord Jesus loves them, then to have a room where that can happen, that's something that would be pleasing to the Lord. Our children, they have their whole life in front of them to invest for Jesus Christ. So to have a, 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 a building that would sustain a school for the training of young people to love Jesus and to serve Him with all of their heart, that is an investment that God would be pleased with. Those things will last forever. I thought about it this time. You know, if we, if we buy a big building or something and then the rapture happened, isn't that a waste of money? Well, not, no, it's not. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, God has enough money. He could... He could he could, he could give us $50 million. The church could be open for one day. And the rapture could happen. And, you know, a few years later, everything melts down on the earth. But guess what? It all started in God's hand. And it's all going to end up in God's hands. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So let's ask and expect great things from God. Someone has said there are 1,565 references to giving in the Bible. 
I have not counted them. Someone has said that. Jesus spoke more about giving than he did any other single subject. 16 out of 38 parables taught by the Lord Jesus were on the subject of money and possessions. In the Bible, there are over 500 references to prayer and less than 500 references to faith, but there are over 2,000 references to money and possessions. Money is very, very important. The message is entitled, Tithing a Test for Every Believer. We probably won't get to the points of the message this morning. We'll get to those next week. But I'd like to lay a foundation. The word tithe simply means 10%. Throughout scripture, God's people gave 10% of their gross income to the Lord. Obedient Christians continue this practice today. As a way of introduction, we will look into the scriptures to learn the history of this common Christian practice. The scriptures will answer these questions. Where and when did tithing begin? Number two, did tithing end with the ending of the law? Was tithing for the Jews only? Is tithing taught in the New Testament? Is tithing to be practiced today? And where does one tithe? Go back to the book of Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. I'm thankful for Dr. John Halsey. His wife is 88 years old. I got her prayer letter yesterday. Um... When we joined BIMI in 1992, he was the far north director for BIMI. And we spent a lot of time with him in 92, 93, 94. And then when Metro Baptist Church began, he came and and spoke our first five missions conferences. And then we were the last church, I think in 2017, the last church in Canada that he preached at before he went to heaven. And many times, and we may again this year, um, listen to his series that God anointed in a special way to help churches understand how we can finance world evangelism. Um, And these notes um, are are a tribute um, to his life work. Um, But we see, first of all, here in Genesis 1 and verse 28... It says, and God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God made Adam and Eve in charge of the earth. But I want you to notice in Genesis 2 and verse 7, 16, 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Wow. He told them they could have everything. But he said that one tree you cannot touch. And so we see this principle that God reserved one of the trees for himself. They were commanded um, to not touch that tree. They could have everything, but that one thing was God's. And that's like a tithe. God says, I've provided you everything, but the tithe belongs to me. <clears throat> Look at Genesis 14. I think this passage of Scripture has encouraged me more when it comes to our needs being met as, as a couple, as a family, as a church. I just, I just love the picture. And I love the humanity we see in Abraham. And it says here in, in, in Genesis 14 and verse 18, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, Abram, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes, of all. Abraham gave Melchizedek the priest tithes of all. I like verse 21, and the king of Sodom said unto Abram, give me the persons and take thy goods, the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. Abram didn't want the dirty money of the king of Sodom. He didn't want a prize from the king of Sodom. The only reason Abraham rescued the king of Sodom was because he was rescuing his nephew, Lot. And he didn't want to be advantaged. He didn't want to be prospered by a wicked king. He said, keep your money. I'm going to lift up my hand to the possessor of heaven and earth. Now, I like chapter 15 because we see Abram's humility, not humility, his humanity. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram. Now, if, if God is saying to Abram, don't be afraid, it's probably probable that he's afraid. 
Does anyone in here ever get afraid? Only me? We get afraid. And so he has just turned away this wealth that was offered him by the king of Sodom. Maybe he was a little bit worried about his financial future or his safety in the land. It doesn't say why he was afraid. But God goes on to say, I am thy shield. That's protection. And thy exceeding great reward. So Abram brought his tithes and gave them till Melchizedek. Abram refused the wealth of a wicked king. He lifted up his hand to the possessor of heaven and earth. And the God of heaven said to him, Pastor Mackay, don't be afraid. And I think that's what Pastor Salazar was trying to say. Pastor Mackay, don't be afraid. You know, I love God's sovereignty and providence. I didn't invite Pastor Salazar here because I knew who he was or I knew he had a big church. A year and a few months ago, there was a pastor in town visiting Pastor Turner and we went to breakfast and I just asked this preacher, I said, preacher, I need someone to help us with Spanish content for the John 3.16 story. And he gave me Pastor Salazar's number. And Pastor Salazar was supposed to come last May. But he got sick one day before he was supposed to come. And then he was supposed to come in October. And he was sick two weeks before he came and had to cancel. You know, in October, we hadn't even thought about buying a building with Anchor Baptist. We had not even thought about it. But he shows up in January and, and we show him around and then he tells us that story about how God took care of Montecito Baptist Church. Were, were you here Sunday night? If you were here Sunday night, raise your hand. Yeah. If you weren't here Sunday night, you got to go back on Facebook and find that sermon. Because you think, Pastor Mackay has lost his mind. But God provided Montecito Baptist Church $500,000. They were told on a, on a Friday that the next Friday they needed $500,000 more or the deal on the building was going to fall through. And God did it. God did it. So, whew. Anyways, it's exciting about what God's going to do. He is our shield. He is our exceeding great reward. He is the sovereign God. Look at Genesis 28. Genesis 28. Jacob, he made this promise to God. It says in Genesis 28, 22, And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Wow. What a testimony that Jacob had. You know, I think we're going to stop there this morning and I have some introduction for next week and then I'll be able to finish the message tithing a test for every believer. 
So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for being a wonderful God. And we thank you that you allow us to be part of your great work. Father, thank you for meeting the needs of Metro Baptist Church in 2023. And we're excited about the needs that you're going to meet in 2024. And you will get all the glory because no one in this room has any idea how you did it last year and how you're going to do it this year. So we just want to give you all the glory. And Father, may we clearly see that the objective of all of this is to invest in eternal things. The Word of God, the salvation of souls, and the worship of an eternal God. So Father, may it be first about worship. May it second be about investing in spiritual, eternal things. God, help us to humbly bow before you like Abraham, like Jacob, like Adam and Eve, and honor you with those things that belong to you. Lord, help each of us to be obedient tithers. And Father, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, Lord, I pray that they would see the love of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus as their only hope for heaven. And your promise says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here this morning and you would like to know how to be saved, you would like to know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a room full of people that can show you in the Bible how you can be God's child, how you can have eternal life. And if you'd like to know that today, you'd like someone to take a Bible and show you that, just raise your hand. And, and after the service, I will, I will meet you outside and I'll connect you with someone that can explain that to you this morning. Is there anyone like that this morning? You'd like to know how to be saved. You'd like to know how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You'd like to know how to go to heaven when you die. Just slip up your hand. No one's going to embarrass you. I'd just like to know that so I can help find someone to help you. Is there anyone like that today? Father, we thank you um, for your plan and your economy and your promises. Lord, help each of us to obediently tithe and to honor you with all that you have given us. I pray, Lord, that you would prosper your people as they obey you. I pray you do exceeding abundantly above all that they ask or think. Lord, I pray you'd advance people in their careers. I pray, Lord, you advance people in their businesses. I pray, Lord, you advance them in their investments not for their own selfish reasons, 
although you do say that we can enjoy the blessings of God, but may the motive of our heart be to bring you glory and to bring you honor with all that you do through us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's great.